0: Uh, glad to be here. Um, uh, this talk is called Watchmen on the Wall. I'm gonna give you a few things to think about today. But the first thing I want you to think about this morning is I want you to think about time. I want you to think about time, okay? Every second, two people die, okay? So by the time you put your head on your pillow tonight, if the Lord allows you to, another 150,000 people have taken their last breath, walked off in eternity, heaven or hell as we speak. Okay, so simple question for you at Florence Baptist Temple. Do you care about those two people that just died? Okay, but a much, much, much tougher question. Do you care enough to do something about where those two, two people are going to spend eternity that just died? Because okay. we sit here, two more people just died. And two more people just died. And too many times as Christians, we're completely out of focus. Where am I going to lunch today? Okay. What day are we hitting the road uh, to head out to meet the relatives for Thanksgiving? Uh, who's going to win the NASCAR championship and all that stuff? Uh, that does not matter today. But I do know a guy, he emailed me in Charlotte, he did hand a gospel tract to Jeff Gordon one day in a coffee shop in, in Charlotte, North Carolina. And Mr. Gordon said, come over and sit with me. And they had a nice talk about Jesus Christ in the middle of a coffee shop, okay, because a guy handed out a gospel tract. Because isn't his soul more important than four championships and all the rest, yes or no? Yeah, you gotta keep it in perspective. But too many times as Christians, we get out of perspective, but there's two people that just died all that mattered, did they know the Lord Jesus Christ and what did they do for Jesus Christ if they were saved and do that? Because you can be here one moment and gone just like that, okay? I used to be a high school teacher and uh, one of my students, Brian, had a learner's permit. Uh, he was driving in the mountains of Tennessee with his mother. They pulled into a convenience store. They switched seats. Brian moved to the pastor's seat. His mother pulled out of the, the, onto the highway Mountains of Tennessee, all of a sudden, a boulder rolls off the side of the mountain. Boulder lands directly in their passenger seat and crushes Brian dead instantly, okay? Mother could look over, there's a boulder sitting in her car, and uh, Brian was dead underneath that boulder. See, I knew Brian was coming back to school next year. Uh, Oh, no, he wasn't. Brian took off into eternity. The only question is, where's Brian at right now? Okay. Uh, earlier this year, one of my high school buddies, uh, Tate, died, and I couldn't make the funeral. I was out speaking somewhere, so uh, I told uh, one of my high school buddies, John, hey, go to the, go, he's going to the funeral. I said, give me an update when you can. So I'm off on the road. All of a sudden, I get a text. He says, uh, Mark, text me as, as soon as you can. Uh, call me. And uh, I was off, so I got a hold in the next week, and he said, check your email. Well, he sends me an email of a picture of Tate. Now, Tate was one of my running guys. We, we ran together all the time. And I would take Tate out to lunch. A great place to take a lost person is to lunch. There's no pressure. Sometimes you bring them into a church, it can be pressure sometimes, but there's no pressure at lunch. And I talked to Tate about Jesus Christ, eternity. He looked at me one day and said, Mark, you're the only friend I've got that talks about God and eternity. No one else does. Now, do you think I was the only Christian friend he had? Yes or no? No, absolutely not. There's no way. But I was the only one being bold and, and intentional about that aggressive, at least in a sense, and do that. Well, John said, check your email. So I checked the email. There's a picture in there. And Tate was standing in a baptistry with this big smile on his face, about ready to get baptized. And I'm like, what? I said, I called John. He said, Mark, you wouldn't believe what happened. I said, what happened? Well, Tate was in the the Hollywood industry. He built sets for movies and stuff in Atlanta, got into the drinking and the drugs, wound up in a weekly hotel, wound up in a tent living outside the weekly hotel. He just threw away his life with all the drinking and drugs. Well, some Baptist church, was knocking on doors at this weekly hotel. They got to befriend Tate. Tate started going to the church, started reading the Bible, took him about six or eight months of study, very intellectual guy. Read and study, repented of his sins, got saved, and it was the picture there of him getting baptized that they had sent me, and um, he looked like a teenager again with this big smile again and just like what? And so I called the pastor up to see what happened. He said, nope, legitimate salvation. Tate, he had struggles, he said. He was just going to a rehab place, was just about to get out of the rehab place, but his body shut down and he died and do that. Now I don't know why Tate never got a hold of me again and didn't tell me what happened. I actually don't even care. Okay. I'm just glad there was some Baptist church that was knocking on doors at this weekly hotel, willing to reach out and talk to this man and put truth in his life, and then as the spirit drew, he repented and believed in the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of his sins. What a great God we have, but if you're not getting out of your comfort zone, if you don't have compassion for the lost, I don't care if you sing it, will you live that out? Will you live that out and have compassion? Because you can be here one moment and gone, just like that, is that correct? That's correct, okay? Um, Question for you, give me a verbal response, okay? Do you believe hell is a real place? So you believe hell is an actual real place that people can really go to for all of eternity, yes or no? Yes. Okay. If you believe that and you have to hold that position with a biblical worldview, that's what the Bible teaches, okay? That means then you can never ask yourself the question, how can I share my faith with this person? The only question you ask, how can I not share my faith with this person? Okay. It's not how can I witness to Tate, how can I not take the time to witness to Tate? Okay? Hell is a very real place, and we need to make sure nobody goes anywhere near that when they take their last breath and die, okay? Now, you've heard about uh, near-death experiences where people flatline and they say they see white lights and tunnels. Yes or no, you heard this? Okay, now, um, again, uh, be very careful of those. A lot of those, I think, are completely fake. Uh, Last year, one uh, one of the young boys who came out, he's a teenager now, came out publicly and said he lied as a kid. The story never happened. He said he did it for attention. Okay, Um, the the book company that put his book and DVDs out, they had to pull it all off the shelf because they did it for what? Yeah, they did it for money instead of just testing. If you just simply tested what he said against the scripture, no way on earth it was possibly true what he said, okay? But we don't test things anymore. We just let things go and do that, okay? Uh, Again, be careful of but what I'm gonna tell you is I've actually met 33 people who flatlined who actually saw the hell experience and not the heaven experience, just the opposite, okay? I played with Charles Barkley in college. His younger brother flatlined. He saw a lake of fire he could feel the heat from. Ever heard of a lake of fire before, folks? Matthew 25, book of Revelation. I've had more people tell me they've seen this lake of fire. When I've witnessed to Charles before, one time I said, said, you do know what happened to your brother, don't you? He said, yes. I said, Charles, this isn't a game. This is serious business the moment you take your last breath and stand in front of the most high God. This is very serious business. You gotta get serious about this, okay? 33 was the other day in the Atlanta airport. I'm just chatting with a nurse. I said, you ever seen anything supernatural occur? You couldn't explain with your natural mind. She didn't even hesitate. She said, I walked into a room one day to check this man's vital signs. She walks up to the bed. All of a sudden, he starts screaming. My feet are on fire. My feet are on fire. Heat is coming through the bed. Do something for me. Do something for me. Flatlined and died right in front of her. She looked at me in that airport, and she said, I know without a shadow of a doubt that that man died and went to hell. That's what she told me in the Atlanta airport. She said, I've seen so many people die, I know the good ones from the bad ones. Do something for me. No, 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 I do something for you before you take your last breath. Okay, I hand you a gospel tract before you take your last breath. I verbally witnessed you before you take your last breath. Does that make sense? Okay, one of the things that I always, buy, I grew up Roman Catholic, and one thing I just knew deep within my system that wasn't right even as a young kid was that they were having us pray for the dead. And I was just thinking there one day, pray for the dead. I just hit me. If I didn't do anything for you alive when you were alive, how am I gonna help you when you're dead, okay? I was just a young kid at the time, middle school, uh, early high school, and it just didn't make any sense. And of course, now, of course, it's not biblical and do that, I didn't realize that at the time. But hell is a real place. Probably the craziest story of all, we had two EMTs, they pulled a guy out of a car and they're pumping on his chest and he's screaming, fire, fire, flame, flames, flames, flames. Uh, Guess what, there was no fire. Car wasn't on fire, he he wasn't on fire. EMTs didn't know what was up, they were just gonna try to keep him alive. Fire, fire, flames, 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 flatlines and dies. Ready for this? Both EMTs, both atheists, both said they could smell a burning sulfur smell as the man flatlined and died. Both said it was supernatural, both said it was hell, and they never believed it existed until that day. Y'all, we have to get serious about this, okay? hell's a real place. People are meeting God face-to-face, one-on-one, and they're not ready for the meeting, okay? This isn't a game. Clemson, South Carolina, this week or next week, whenever it is, that's a game. A one-on-one meeting with the king, game's up. It's very serious business, okay? We need to do anything we can to make sure nobody goes to that place called hell. Is that correct? That's correct, okay? That's that loving, compassionate side that every one of us should have as we live this life for the Lord, okay? Time is precious. scooting by very quick. Two people die every second. 150,000 people are gonna take their last breath today, okay? What are we gonna do about that? Are we gonna stand bold for Christ or just gonna just have another week of our lives, Thanksgiving to God, holiday, but never even mention his name for the next seven days? It can't be. It can't be, okay? But that's what we're gonna talk about as we open up the Bible this morning, okay? So let's pray. Father, thank you so much for just a, a place, a country, a state we can live in and have an open evangelical church, a place we can hand tracks out, talk with people. Father, uh, you know the more we're on the streets of Atlanta, different places, we're losing those rights, getting to be interesting down here. But uh, we're not going to back up. We're going to stand as strong as we've ever stood before because we know this is the only hope of America. Elections aren't the hope of America. Your son, Jesus Christ, is the only hope for America, and it's the only hope for every individual in America. So, Father, thank you for a soul-winning church. Thank you for a bold church, but let's kick it up a notch. Let's every one of us just take it up one more notch that we're going to be bolder for you in the days to come than we've ever been before. So we thank you for that, and we do. And we ask it in the great name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen, 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 okay? All right, about to open up the Bible, so uh, hold your Bibles up for me real quick. I wanna take a look at these things. Okay, awesome, okay, down. Um, I was speaking at, uh, you heard of Wheaton College before? I was speaking at Wheaton Academy. It's a high school connected to it. So I was speaking to 600 high school kids, and I had the kids hold their Bibles up. They held up a uh, 500 and they held up 598 phones, okay? And, uh, and of course, two boys brought nothing and uh, did that. Um, now, uh, is there one day electronics may not work, yes or no? Yeah, there's one day electronics may not work, so we need to know how to fumble through and get through this book. But I always give two words of advice before you ever open up your Bible, okay? So when you read your Bible on a daily basis, when you open up at church, two words of advice before you open up this book, okay? Be careful, okay? This is the most dangerous book in the history of the world, okay? This book has changed lives for thousands upon thousands of years. Matter of fact, this book has changed countries before if you ever study history, okay? Uh, But yet, this is the most denigrated book we have in our culture today. This book is being ripped to shreds on high school and college campuses today. People go into a courtroom, put their hand upon it, I will tell the truth and sit in a witness stand and lie because there's no fear of the God of this Bible anymore in our culture, okay? I spoke at uh, Kansas State University one time, 400 college students. I asked them a question, have have you ever heard anything anti-God, anti-Jesus, or anti-Bible in one of your classrooms, Uh, raise a hand up for me. 400 college kids, how many hands went up? All but three or four. I asked them, have you heard anything anti-Islam, anti-Quran, or anti-Muhammad in a classroom? Raise a hand up. How many hands went up? About two or three, and then anything anti-Buddhism, anti-Hinduism, no hands at all. Why? Why is this book so denigrated? Because this book says there is a God and I'm not him, okay? So that eliminates the New Age movement real quickly, okay? That's long gone, okay? This book says God is holy and I'm not even remotely close, Okay. This book says you must humbly come to him. Whoops. Every man hates that one word. What's that word? Humbly. Okay. Don't like that one. Okay. But it's in there. Okay. I got to humbly come to him for the forgiveness of my sins and do that. Okay. That's why this book is being denigrated because people don't want it to be true because then I don't answer to that God. But the problem is we're all going to answer that God, right? So here's the point. We as Christians need to take this book more seriously, correct? Because if I take it more seriously, then, I have, then I'm that lighthouse in this darkness that's being put out there, okay, where they're trying to denigrate and rip the book up. Our light shines in that darkness and brings people the truth, okay? So again, every time you read your Bible, I want you to, two words of advice, be what? Be careful, okay, because you're gonna hear some verses this morning. You may not like these, okay. Well, don't come up and talk to me afterwards about it. I didn't write the book, okay. You're gonna meet the author one day and if you wanna converse with him, have the best conversation of your life, okay. But it's not gonna work, okay, because he's gonna have, we gotta own up to what the book says. Is that right? Okay, so grab your Bibles. We're about to open it, so be what? Be careful, okay. We're gonna go to the book of Ezekiel, okay. So we're gonna go Old Testament. If you open up in the middle of the Bible, what book will you hit? Book of Psalms, head towards the New Testament. You're going to hit some really big books Jeremiah, Isaiah. We're going to look for Ezekiel. If you could hit Daniel, we're going a little bit too far, we're going to go to Ezekiel 33. Okay, so looking for Ezekiel 33. And we're going to start in verse 1. <clears throat> so Ezekiel 33. I'm gonna start in verse one. So Ezekiel 33 and verse one, okay? All right, here we go. Again, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, okay, so the word of the Lord came unto me saying. So in 2016, what's the number one way we get the word of the Lord is what? In 2016, what's the number one way we get the word of the Lord is what? Reading your Bible. Okay, that's the number one way you get it, okay? Uh, the Bible says in the end of days, be very careful of false Christ, false prophets, and false teachers. These are all false religious people. In the coming days, be much more concerned about religious folk than non-religious folk because this is what, one thing I want you to teach you this morning, okay? Because typically with religious folk, we take our guard and we drop our guard and that's when the false teaching comes in, okay? So one thing we teach all the time is guards up. Put your guard up this morning, okay? Most of you have never heard me before unless you came to visit me in the hospital, okay? Most of you have never heard me, okay? So keep your guard up, okay? You take everything that I say and you filter it through the word of God. Does that make sense? Okay, can I get off base biblically, yes or no? Yes, I can. Okay, can Pastor Bill get off base biblically, yes or no? Yes, he can, okay? That's part of just being human. One of my prayers all the time is, Father, do not let me be deceived so I will not deceive other people, my simple prayers all the time. Father, do not let me deceive, so I will not deceive other people, because I don't want to be a deceiver in the end of days. I want to give people the truth. But I can get off base. But if I get off base or Pastor Bill gets off base, then a bunch of people get off base because we have platforms in what we do. If you read one of my books and you don't think it's biblical at some point, take the book and find the nearest trash can you can find, drop it in that trash can, and get on with your life. I'm dead serious about this, okay, because there's so much false teaching that's gonna happen in the end of days. Matter of fact, the Bible says in the end of days, an anti-Christ is gonna pop up, okay? Christ means anointed one. Anti doesn't always mean against. It can also mean in place of. So it's gonna be somebody in place of the anointed one. Who's the anointed one? Jesus Christ. So it's going to be a false Jesus Christ, okay? But the, it says in Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians, but he's going to come on the scene and do all these miracles. It says lying signs and wonders, but we call them miracles. And people are going to see the miracles like, ooh, he's a miracle worker. He must be from who? God, so let me follow him. But see, if you read and study your Bible way back here in Deuteronomy 13, 1 through 5, Deuteronomy 13 says, I as God may test you one day. Does God test us? All the time, he's trying to build our character into the men and women and teenagers of the Lord he wants us to be, okay? I, I may send a miracle worker in front of you just to see, will you follow the miracle worker or will you follow me as God? See, so if I'm alive at that point, I know to test everything against the scriptures. So filter everything in the days to come, every book you read, every sermon, everything here against the word of the God that will keep you on the right track, but mom and dads, that will also keep who? Who, mom and dads? your children, your family on the right track as well because you're the number one teacher to your kids, Deuteronomy six with your kids and do that, okay? All right, go to verse two. Let's see where we go. Son of man, speak to the children of thy people and say unto them when I bring a sword upon the land, if the people of land take a man off their coast and set them for their watchman. Key word this morning is watchman. I want you to know what a biblical watchman is and before you leave here this morning or before you put your head on a pillow tonight, make a commitment you're gonna be a biblical watchman all the days of your life, okay? Verse three, if when he sees the sword come upon the land, he blows the trumpet and warns the people. Then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not warning, um, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. Verse five and six, he heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning, his blood shall be upon him, but he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. Now watch six, but if the watchman sees the sword come, and blows not the trumpet, and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any person from among them, he's taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will acquire at the watchman's hand, okay? Here's the picture. Back in the day, you didn't have CNN and Fox News and satellites and drones and stuff, okay? So you just built walls around your city, okay? And you chose a watchman to stand up on the wall. They had a very simple job, just look in the distance. That's all their job was, okay? And they'd see an army come to the rise, so they'd pull the trumpet out, blow the trumpet, warn the people in the city trouble was coming, okay? They'd see a big dust cloud. So, I mean, they knew that was horses or chariots. So they pulled the trumpet out and blow the trumpet and warn the people in the city trouble was coming, okay? Now, was it the watchman's job to go down the ladder, go in the city, put everyone's armor, Uzis, knives, and staves on, was that their job? Nope, simple job, see trouble coming, pull the trumpet out, blow the trumpet, warn the people in the city trouble was coming, their job to get ready for battle, okay? Let's say we did the same thing. Let's say we built a wall around Florence uh, because you and I both know we can't trust those people from Colombia. And uh, oh, I I was there yesterday, left as quick as I could. And uh, so we built a wall around Florence. By the way, walls work, just in case you're ever wondering about that, walls work. And uh, so we built a wall, some of you got that. And uh, so we built a wall around uh, Florence, okay, and we're gonna choose Watchmen to stand up on the wall. Now, is this an important job, yes or no? Yeah, done incorrectly, can cost everybody in the city its life. It's a very important job, okay? So raise a hand up, pretend it's like classroom. I used to be a school teacher. Raise a hand up. What are certain qualities you would want in any watchman you would ever choose to stand up on that wall to be the watchman of your city, okay? Raise some hands. Up, what are certain qualities you want on any watchman? Young man? Alert, paying attention. This can't be lazy folk job, okay? You can't be asleep at 3 a.m. because the enemy's not coming at 3 p.m., Coming at 3 a.m., okay? And I can't, if that's my shift, I gotta be awake, alert, ready to roll in the heavens. Very good point, okay? Hands up, what are certain qualities, yeah? Trustworthy, Trustworthy, okay? Someone, I know your word is good. The book of Matthew, the book of 1 Corinthians, and the book of James says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. I tell people all the time, if your word is no good, you are no good. God can't use you. If that's something you need to repent of today or Tuesday when you do your prayer meeting time, uh, repent of it. But if your word is good, God can use you every which way all over the place if your word is good and do that. Uh, when um, we went uh, to China to do some mission work in China, they took the police. We called them greenies. They were long green coats in the, in the winter. They were called the PSB. I think it's called Police State Bureau. They would take the police and they'd come join your house churches. They'd hang out in your churches, give their tithe, raise their hands up, sing their songs, hang out six or eight months, get everyone's name and address. Disappear, come back later that week and arrest everybody in the house church, okay? See, they weren't what? They weren't trustworthy, okay? So that's why you test people. When I was a school teacher, i test my students all the time with just little things. Trust, see if I could trust you with little things, because if I can't trust you with little things, I can't trust you with what? Big things, very simple. Okay, trustworthy is good. Okay, hands up, what are certain qualities you'd want in any watchman for your city? Hands up, yes, ma'am? A good eyesight, this is a good point, people don't think about sometimes, but if, if it's, uh, when you blow the trumpet, if it's actually a friendly and not an enemy and you do that two or three times, then you blow it for the real deal, the people in the city won't get ready. Sometime uh, Google false flag operations. Have you ever studied military history? It's very common in all type of military. They'll do false flag operations. So for instance, the French would attack England, but they put a Spanish flag up and they'll go, oh, those Spaniards, and they go attack Spain, but it was French the whole time, okay? If you ever study how Adolf Hitler rose to power, uh, they burned down the Reichstag building, blamed it on the communists, but that's how the Nazi party consolidated power, but the whole time it was Hitler and his group that actually burned down the Reichstag building. It was total deception, it was a false flag, so I have to have good eyesight so I don't blow the trumpet when it's a friendly and not an enemy, good point, okay? What's one other quality that we would look for and do that, yes, ma'am? Oh, that's a good one, patient. That's actually very good. Um, because being patient, um, probably not going to happen your first night on the job, right? Probably not the second night, probably not a week, it's probably going to be a few months in. I need to be patient there, okay? Another good one is vigilant, ready for danger. right? I just spoke a few weeks ago to uh, a bunch of cadets from West Point did a retreat for them. And one thing they'll teach you, very simple: It's one thing to be training. when live bullets. Go past your head, oops, it's a whole different ball game all of a sudden. Can you put up or shut up at that time? Same thing in college basketball. We had tons of people that could practice really well. Put 10 to 12,000 people in the stands and uh uh-uh, they couldn't handle the pressure. The pressure was just too much, okay? They couldn't handle it, so I gotta be patient, vigilant. Now all all those qualities we just mentioned, aren't those good qualities for us Christians to have? Yes or no? Oh sure, we need to be trustworthy and vigilant, patient, being alert. So when I walk out of the hotel today and I see the guy over there by the smoking section and I actually saw him walk in last night but I didn't get a chance to chat with him, I had tracks ready to roll and that was the German guy. Okay, I'm alert, paying attention, ready to see what's gonna happen as my day progresses. Now, go to verse seven and watch where the whole thing changes in verse seven. It makes a huge turn here but watch what happens. So thou, son of man, I have set thee as a watchman into the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die. If thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will require at thine your hand. Nevertheless, if thou warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, if he does not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. Therefore, O thou son of man, speak unto the house of Israel, thus she speak, saying, if our transgressions and our sins be upon us, and we pine away, we rocked away in them, how should we then live? Now watch 11. Say unto them as I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil way. Why will you die, O house of Israel? Beginning of 11. Say unto them as I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. It's not a good day for God when Adolf Hitler takes his last breath and dies and goes to hell for eternity. It's not what God created him for. Not a good day for God when Idi Amin and Pol Pot and Joseph Stalin and Lenin or Osama Bin Laden take their last breath and die and go to hell. It was not what God created them for, okay? Anybody remember uh, George Carlin, the comedian? Remember George Carlin, the comedian years ago? Well, so when he died a few years back, I got on YouTube to watch some 10-minute clips of George Carlin. I couldn't get through one 10-minute clip of George Carlin without having to hit the pause button. I completely forgot how much he blasphemed the name of God in Jesus Christ. I totally forgot, because I watched him as a lost guy. Isn't it amazing, it's things you watch as a lost person you can't watch as a saved person, is that correct? Yep, you can't put that junk in front of your eyes and do that, okay? But I began to wonder, who witnessed to George Carlin? Who saw him on the streets of Los Angeles and said, Mr. Carlin, I wanna give you this gospel track. Would you please read that for me? Okay, I wanna see you in heaven one day. Uh, Mr. Carlin, by the way, the God you mock in your routines, and he mocked Jesus Christ hard in his routines, hard Okay. The God you mock in your routines, uh, Mr. Carlin, uh, is the God you're going to meet one day. Okay. Are you sure you want to mock him day in and day out and do that? Do you think a statement like that would have made that man think? I will guarantee it would have made a man like that think. That direct, loving statement does that. But who cared enough about his soul to do that? Okay, um, Steve Jobs Steve Jobs sold one of his companies for $400 million. Steve Jobs sold one of his companies for $8 billion. All right? I haven't mentioned Apple yet, okay? My Bible's as clear as a bell. What does it profit a man if he gains what? The whole world yet loses his soul. What a terrible, terrible trade-off, okay? Um We'll teach you tonight just different ways to witness and to reach people and stuff. And I was in the Detroit airport and uh, there was a guy standing next to me and he was walking onto the train and he had had the Steve Jobs autobiography. He had a big picture of Steve Jobs on the front. So I just reached over, I tapped the book, I said, what do you think? He said, absolutely one of the meanest men I've ever read about in my life. I said, really, what do you mean? Steve Jobs was well known for firing people on the spot. Well known for it. He was well-known for making people work Christmas. Now, he wasn't a Christian, okay, but that's still family time, correct? That's still family time. Well-known for making people work on on Christmas. Um, Steve Jobs was well, well well-known for taking other people's ideas and putting them into his products, well-known for it. Thou shall not steal, okay? Um, What's the symbol for Apple? Apple with? A bite out of it. Where's the only place in all of recorded history you see a piece of fruit with a bite out of it? That's from the book of Genesis. That's been a symbol for rebellion against God for thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years, yet that's the symbol for your company? How'd you even choose the name apple? Okay, why not a whole apple? Why not the word apple, Uh, an apple tree? I go to Applebee's every now and then to eat. There's whole apples up on their awnings. There's not apples with a bite out of it, okay? Why, how do you even choose the name Apple, okay? If you ever study his life, I did some research on him uh, after he passed. Um, he got into a certain musical group, okay? And the musical group was the Beatles. He got into the Beatles, and the Beatles were put together by Apple Records. Just music, is music powerful, yes or no? Yes. Very powerful, extremely powerful, okay? Um, he got into Hinduism. Anyone know how he got into Hinduism? he got into a certain musical group. Anyone know the name of the musical group? I just told you a second ago, I'm a school teacher. You teach you first and just ask the question back. That's okay though. It's my first time here, we'll be better next time. And uh, uh, he got into the Beatles. And anyone remember when the Beatles went to India and they got into their Maharishi phase? Remember all that stuff? Okay, well that's how I got in. Is music powerful, yes or no? You better be very careful what's on your iPod, your phone, and you better check what's on your kids and your grandkids' iPods and phones all the time. This is danger, okay? Satan just wants a hook and just start the reeling process. That's all he wants to do. You can catch a big old fish with a little hook if you get it in the right place. He just wants a hook in your mind, your heart, or your flesh, then he just starts reeling. Next thing you know, how did I get this far away from the cross? How did that happen, okay? Think about that, all right? Um, when Mr. Jobs died... The last two months of his life, he spent it all with his family because he made a fatal error during his business career. He forgot to spend time with his what? His family. Uh, Dad's out here, you don't get a do-over on being a father. You get one shot at being a father. And those kids go from zero to 18 in what? Two and a half weeks, something like that? It's it's insane how quick it's gone and out the door and, and that stuff, okay? He realized the error he made the last two months all with his family. His sister came out one week after he died. They're on the deathbed. He was saying goodbye to every one of his family members and he looked above their heads. He was staring in the distance and he said, oh wow, oh wow, oh wow, flatline and died. He saw something before he died. Didn't say what it was, okay, but he saw something before he died. My question was, who witnessed to him? Who shared with this man? Okay, before he took his last breath, guess what? I found out about a vice president at Apple that loves the Lord, and he walked into his office one day, sat across Mr. Jobs' big old desk and shared Jesus Christ with him. And Mr. Jobs wanted nothing to do with it. Okay, did that man do his job, yes or no? Yes, he did, so he was the biblical watchman. He blew the trumpet and warned him, okay? So that's all you have is you warn people trouble's coming. Your choice what to do with the warning, but if I love you enough, I'll give you the warning to do that, okay? So, down south where we live at, uh, did you get any warnings on the hurricane that was coming? Any sirens or anything? Okay, sure, we get tornado sirens in Atlanta. So all, when a tornado siren goes off, all it tells me in Atlanta, Mark, you have a choice to make. You can go outside and enjoy the windy day, Okay? Or you can go down deep and get out of the way, okay? But Mark, you better make a decision and you better make it quick, Mark, or you're about to be in trouble, okay? See, that's all the warning does. And so if you love people, aren't you glad when the sirens went off for the hurricane? Sure, you prepare time. Get ready, because something's about to go down. So that's what we do as Christians. We warn people trouble's coming. Their choice what to do with the warning, okay? I was sitting on a plane flight going to uh, Newark, New Jersey, and I had a guy sitting next to me, and he worked for the CIA. So I kept asking him all these questions he couldn't answer, it was a lot of fun. And I kept asking him all these conspiratorial questions and I guess I didn't have a high enough security clearance or something, I don't know. And uh, So we're talking back and forth. As we're talking, he tells me he's an agnostic, okay? So if you're taking notes, I'd write these two things down in your notes, okay? If you know these two simple things, you'll be ahead of 95% of all people, when it comes to witnessing, you'll be ahead of 95% of all people, okay? So first thing, when it comes to sharing your faith, simple thing. Sharing your faith isn't a presentation. Sharing your faith is a conversation. Very easy, simple thing to remember. Sharing your faith isn't a presentation. Sharing your faith is a conversation. Jesus had a conversation with the woman at the well. Jesus had a conversation with the rich young ruler. Paul had a conversation with Felix. Paul had a conversation with Agrippa, okay? So all I do is I just go out and have conversations and then present things during the conversation. Does that make sense, yes or no? Yeah, okay, very simple. Can all of us have conversations? Matter of fact, we do it all the time. The question is how do we flip the switch from a temporary to a spiritual conversation? That's what we're gonna teach you how to do, very simple. The books will show you just easy ways to do that, okay? Second thing to remember, whenever you're witnessing, if somebody says something and you don't know what it means, just ask them, hey, I'm an agnostic. What do you mean by agnostic? Well, I'm an atheist. Well, what do you mean by atheist? Well, I believe in evolution. Well, what do you mean by evolution? Because there's two branches to evolution. Uh, one branch of evolution is unscientific and unbiblical. One branch of evolution is actually scientific and biblical. Okay, macro versus microevolution, But I don't know which direction we're going until I ask you what do you mean by evolution. So just asking questions gives you some information. If someone tells you they're a Christian, great question to ask, what do you mean by? Christian, you'll get all kinds of answers. Well, I'm a good person. Is that the right answer? Not even close. You'll get it all the time. Well, I go to church? Is that the right answer? No. Uh, does does uh, going in the garage make you a car? No. Uh, going in the barn make you a cow? No. Going to McDonald's make you a hamburger? No. You're just going to something doesn't make you something, okay? Now, hopefully you want to go to a good, strong, biblical church, but it doesn't make you something. Now, all agnostic is they're kind of in the mushy middle, okay? Not quite sure there is a God, Not quite sure there's not a God. Usually big thinkers love to search and love to read, so always give them something to read, okay? We keep talking. Then Darren says to me, oh, by the way, Mark, uh, I was on Flight 93, September 11th, 2001. And I'm sitting next to him on the plane flight and my wheels start spinning. And it hit me, that was the plane that went down where? Pennsylvania, where everybody what? Died, but they're all still what? Remember something, okay? They're all still alive. That's one of the lies of the world. They're trying to teach you Prince, dead, gone. Michael Jackson, dead, gone. Elizabeth Taylor, dead, gone. That's not what death means in the Bible. Death in the Bible, all it means in the Bible is opening up the door to the other side. That's all death means in the Bible. Matter of fact, when you read the King James Bible, it uses the word asleep many times for death. I think it's an excellent word for death, okay? Because if you're asleep, you eventually what? You just wake up on the other side. See, because the world, the world's teaching you, the worldview of the world's not our worldview. We believe completely different than that, okay? Now, he couldn't have physically been on the plane because he's sitting next to me. I can't figure out what's going on. But remember in uh, 2001, September 11th, it was a Tuesday morning, okay? I said, Darren, what do you mean? He said, well, the Friday before, my boss called me up, and he said, uh, Darren, I need you to get to California a day earlier, okay? So he switches his flight to Monday, September 10th, Flight 93, he said, Mark, on my wall is a picture frame with a ticket in there that says Flight 93, September 11th, 2001. He was that close to being on that plane flight, that close, okay? He's an agnostic. So I said, Darren, was that luck, was that chance, or was that God that kept you off the plane flight? He looked at me and said, yes, 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 okay. He knew, he knew something kept him off the plane flight. You'll meet more people from New York that something happened that day, they never made it to the World Trade Center that day. Crazy stories. Other people I've met on flight, same thing happened, different, uh, different scenario, but they never made it to work that day, okay. I said, Darren, the reason God kept you off the plane flight was to hear the rest of the story. Here's the rest of the story. So we talked about sin, repentance, the cross, the resurrection, just lay it out for him. Big thinker, had really good questions. I said, do you like to read? What did he say? Oh, big time, huge reader, huge. So I took a book, I signed it for him, I gave him, I said, now I want you to read this, Darren, okay? But the reason God kept you off the flight was to hear the rest of the story. Now it's your choice what you do with that information. Okay, so you see the point? I just have to pull the trumpet out, blow the trumpet. Now it's his choice what he does with that, make sense? So again, that's what our job is as Christians, as biblical watchmen, to do that. I was on another plane flight going to uh, Wichita, Kansas, and I had a guy next to me named Joe, and we're just talking back and forth, and I don't have an in yet. And what we'll teach you tonight is just different ways to create an end to get to a spiritual conversation. I'm just chatting with Joe. I don't have an in, but this is one I use all the time and it works tremendous. And I said, Joe, I said, when you were younger as a kid, you grew up in a religious faith or belief or tradition as a child, okay? Now you can use this on end, but use it on a teenager, or a 90 year old, doesn't matter, it works great. Most people tell you what, do they grow up in something, yes or no? Yes or no? Yeah, most people grow up in something, okay? I met a Satanist the other day that grew up going to a Satanic church, okay? So at least he grew up in something, okay? Now that you're older, okay, doesn't matter the age group, now that you're older, is it more important to you or less important to you? Now, at this point, most people say what? No, they actually say less important, okay? But wait, as we're getting older, we're getting closer to what? Death, so shouldn't it become more important? See, it's a very easy walk with him, okay? Watch what happened. I said, Joe, I said, "Um, when you were younger as a kid, you grew up in any religious faith or belief or tradition as a child? He said, yeah, I grew up Methodist. A little edginess to his voice. I said, okay. I said, now that you're older, about mid-50s, I said, now that you're older, is it more important to you or less important? He said, less important, with a most definite edge to his voice, okay? So I just said, I said, Joe, did anything happen along the way to kind of push you away from God? He said, yes, it did, okay, with a most most definite edge to his voice, okay? Now, whenever that happens, I just do one simple thing. I said, Joe, if you feel comfortable, can you tell me what happened? Now, the reason I do that is because I've just learned through the years that many people want to get something off their what? Just want to get it off their chest. They're just trying to see if they can tell you is all they're trying to figure out. Now, even if he doesn't tell me, can I still blow the trumpet anyways? Sure, that's not a problem, but I've just seen this enough, okay? I said, Joe, if you feel comfortable, can you tell me what happened? All of a sudden he put his head down, bobbing his head up and down on the plane sitting next to me. Complete, total silence. Now, you ever had that awkward silence in a conversation before? Okay, when the awkward silence pops up, a couple, two piece of advice for you. Okay, one, remember it's never as long as you think it is. Okay, it's two seconds and you thought it was eternity plus. Okay, and it wasn't, it's was just a very short time. The other thing to remember is if they're being quiet, you be what? quiet, okay? Because something's happening there with him and the Holy Spirit. I don't have a clue what's happening, okay? I just need to stay out of it and let them deal with it. He had his head down, and it was actually a pretty long time, probably five, six, seven seconds, which seems longer than that. He He looks at me. He said, okay. He said, a stalker came after my daughter. We had to get the police involved. He said, the stalker came after my wife. We had to get the police involved. He said the stalker broke the restraining order. He was 17 years old and was thrown into a juvenile detention center. Uh, can 17 year olds do wicked and evil things? Yes or no? Yes, they can. So are you reaching the 17-year-olds in your city? When you see them at the mall working at a store, are you chatting with them. When you see the guys park the 10 cars in the Walmart parking lot Friday night and they're all standing around chit-chatting with each other, do you walk over there as a mama, as a daddy, as a grandmother, another teenager, and start chit-chatting with these people and blowing the trumpet and talking with them? Because if you're not, don't worry, Satan is talking with the 17-year-olds on planet, on earth today and especially in America today. When are we going to care enough to do something about that? Okay. All of a sudden, Joe looked at me said, he said, one morning at 5 a.m., my daughter let out a blood-curdling scream at 5 a.m. He came running out of the bedroom. The stalker is standing in the middle of his house with a rifle in the middle of his house, okay? He'd shot out the sliding glass doors and he's standing in his house. Now think about this for just a second, okay? It's 5 a.m., I'm sure you're tired, but I'm sure you wake up pretty quick when this happens, okay? Um, your daughter's screaming. There's a guy in your house with a gun, Previous history, maybe a good thing to discuss at lunch today or back at your house. What would you do if that encounter happened with you and your family? Okay, what would you do? And men here, it's our job as, as fathers and brothers and sons and stuff to protect the ladies in our households. Is that correct? Okay, let's try that again. Okay, uh, <laughs> wow, I must be back in South Carolina. Uh, Fellas, it's our job to protect the ladies in our household. Is that correct? Yes, yes it is, okay? Um, all that bullet can do is send me where I swear I want to go, correct? Right. Either you believe Philippians 1 for me to live as Christ and to die as gain, or you don't believe that. That's your choice, okay? But if you believe it, all the bullet can do is send me. And I don't believe a bullet can touch me until God says a bullet can touch me. So what's the deal here, okay? But there's too much of this wimpy... Christian male running through churches today when we need the protector of our homes and protectors of everybody under our house. Is that correct? Yeah, we have to remember that, okay? Um, Joe's not a believer, he's not saved. I said, Joe, I said, what did you do? He said, I rushed that kid. He ran straight for him, two bullets to the stomach. I said, what'd you do, Joe? He said, I kept going. He kept going, he said, I tackled the kid. I was wrestling with the young man on the floor. He said, Mark, it was extremely bloody, he slipped out of my hands, he ran out of the house, the police finally showed up and they caught him at the end of the street. He said, I was laying on the floor and I said, wait a minute. He said, where's my wife at? And he gets up, he goes to the front door, opens the front door, his wife is laying face down in the snow, shot and killed. Uh, the gunman was waiting behind the bushes, shot and killed the wife and that's when he came to the back of the house and that's how the rest of the encounter played itself out. Joe looked at me and said, Mark, I got a question for you. Always remember, conversations go what? They go both ways. Okay, so we're at a very good point here. Even if I can't answer his question, we're at a good point, because he's asking the question. I said, sure, Joe. He said, Mark, how can there be a God with my wife who is dead, and this man who's alive in a prison in Ohio, how can there be a God? Legitimate question, yes or no? That's legit where I come from. Bingo, we're talking back and forth, back and forth. Uh, he had really good questions, and you and I got really good what? answers. So that's the whole point. The world's got the questions. We've got the answers, but we have to meet somewhere on a plane flight, a waitress or waiter today that can't go to church but wants to go to church, but they got to work today. You'll get that on Sundays, okay? Uh, meet outside when they're smoking a cigarette outside of a hotel, a mall. I go out to the, when I go to malls, I hang out in the smoking section. You have at least that long to talk to somebody, at least that long. <laughs> they, will, they will go nowhere for that long, I promise you. I promise you. Okay. But we got to meet the people who have the questions because we've got the answers. Okay. So we're talking back. I said, Joe, I said, do you like to read? He said, no, I don't like to read. So I gave him one of my books anyways. Um, (laughs) I don't give up easy. I really don't. Signed it for him, gave it to him. We landed in Wichita. He was 55 pages into the book. Looked at me and said, Mark, this has really helped me answer my questions. Oops. There we go again. They got questions, we've got answers, but we gotta meet somewhere, okay? Shook my hand twice, thanking me for the conversation. Before we got off the flight, he looked at me and said, by the way, Mark, he said, "Uh, this happened uh, 20 years ago. I said, 20 years ago? The way he was speaking, I thought it all happened when? Yesterday, now I understood why he was quiet because he wasn't telling me his story. He was reliving the encounters, what he was doing much different than telling us. I'm telling a story, he relives the encounter. Now it all made sense. He said, Mark, my biggest fear is the man got a 30-year sentence. My biggest fear is he gets out in 10 years and he comes after who? Yeah, not him, who? His daughter. And one thing you know with guys, You don't mess with a guy's girls, you don't do that one. That'll get the ire up in men if you mess with their girls and that, okay? See, this guy had no peace, but share with him the prince of peace, okay? So remember, real simple, when you're sharing, did I need to yell at Joe? Did I need to scream at Joe? I did take the trumpet and make it as loud as I could. No, Joe was in pain, man. He just needed the answer to the pain, and the pain, the answer is the Lord Jesus Christ. But do we care enough to give it to Joe that the Joes of the world will get saved and do that? And that's what we do with trumpets. We blow the trumpet, we warn people, trouble's coming, it's their choice, so they do it with the warning. Okay, I wrote a book called uh, One Thing You Can't Do in Heaven. What's the one thing you can't do in heaven? You can't share with a lost person, okay, because they're not going to be there. So if we're going to reach them, we've got to reach them where? Here? When? Now, it's a now faith. I don't live a year from now faith, I live a now faith and do that, okay? Um, This book, all the basics, how to break through the fear of rejection, good questions get started, all my books are full of stories. In this book, I got to witness to a Satanist, an atheist, uh, Charles Barkley's in this book, Michael Jordan's in this book. Why, I met him before. If I meet people, I don't ask for autographs, I don't ask for pictures, I ask questions, okay? And let's see where it goes, and get the most interesting conversations, okay? I can't tell the number of people who've read this book Put it down and boldly share their faith in Jesus Christ. Um, I just spoke in New Jersey, and uh, this lady called me up and, uh, this summer, and she was reading One Thing You Can't Do in Heaven, but she's on the Jersey Shore. So she's reading the book on the Jersey Shore, sitting in the sand, reading, getting her suntan, and she's reading a book on witnessing, and all these people keep walking in front of her that are going where? off into eternity, and she doesn't know where they're going. And the God convicted her. She said, can you send me some gospel tracts? i sent send them to her. She calls me back again. Mark, you wouldn't believe it. I'm 75 years old. I have been in church for years, never shared my faith. I read this simple book. I am out on the beach every day now, handing gospel tracts. I am having the time of my life, okay, doing this. Mark I can't believe all the years I wasted. I said, no, ma'am. I said, you grab that plow, you look forward, and you don't look back, okay? You finish this race well, ma'am, then you hand off the baton to people coming behind you on how to live this race correctly. Do not look behind you and do not beat yourself up. I'm not into that type of Christianity, okay? We live it for the Lord and do that, but numerous people who have read this book and boldly uh share their faith in jesus christ and do that okay so if you want to witness more this book will help you then the book the watchman on the table that's this talk people like this talk so much that we actually made it into a book so it's got uh the story of joe is in there what happened with joe um a bunch of other stories i got a chance to witness herschel Walker. remember herschel Walker? got to witness to herschel one time he's in there uh kanye west the musical artist uh, he's in there i ran into him one day in atlanta Threw a question out there, bingo, 15 minute conversation, okay? So if you wanna be bolder in sharing your faith in Jesus Christ, uh, the watchman, one thing you can't do in heaven, great for you, okay? Now, who in here has lost people you're trying to reach for Jesus Christ, has lost people you're trying to reach? Whoops, let's try that again, okay? Who in here has lost people you're trying to reach for Jesus Christ? Okay, it should be all of us, okay? Who in here has immediate family members that aren't born again and saved? Okay, me too as well. Okay, so somebody asked you, would you write a book to lost people since you spend so much time with lost people? So we wrote a book called One Heartbeat Away, specifically geared it for seekers and searchers. Okay, now Christians love the book because of all the apologetics, but we geared it for seekers and searchers. How do you prove there's a God? whole chapter on creation evolution. How do you prove the Bible true? My dad loved that chapter of the book because he grew up Catholic and he just said, I'll just let the the priest interpret the Bible for me. I said, no, no, dad, you can know on your own if this is true or not, okay? But I mean, he loved that chapter. Walk you right through the 10 commandments, leave you right at the cross, uh, decide what you wanna do. We've had atheists read this book, get born again and saved. We had a Catholic nun read this book, got born again and saved. Some guy at church got the book, read it, Uh, He got saved, gave it to his 80 some year old sister. She read the book and got saved. Gave it to their 80 year old Catholic nun sister. She read the book and got saved. They just started passing through the family, and people finally realized I don't have to trust the church for my salvation. I trust Jesus Christ and Christ alone for my salvation and do that, okay? Um, I got a phone call a couple years ago uh, from a lady, and she left me a message, had a, a really heavy accent. I called her back and I love accents. And so I said, hey, where's your accent from? She's in San Diego. I said, where's your accent from? And she said, oh, she said, it's Germany. I said, oh, okay, how'd you get from Germany to San Diego? Lucia, how'd you get from Germany to San Diego? She said, oh, no, no, Argentina, Argentina. And anybody remember how the Germans got to Argentina? Yeah, World War II, that's right. After World War II, many of the Germans uh, moved to Argentina. You go to parts of Argentina, it's all Bavarian architecture. Do any study on Hitler? Many, many people think Hitler died in Argentina and not in uh, the bunker in, in uh, Germany at all. There's no evidence for that, actually. It's just in your textbooks, there's not evidence for it. But there's evidence that happened down in Argentina what happened, I'm fascinating if you ever study this, okay? She told me, she said when she was a kid that she didn't learn about God. Isn't it nice to see young people in our churches today and do that? She said, I learned about Hitler when I was a kid. Okay. She said, I grew up at it. My parents were Nazis. My grandparents were Nazis. My uncle wrote the book. I paid Hitler. I Googled it. Legitimate book. Uh, Her uncle was the money man for Hitler. He would go to the steel and she'd get a a million marks for the third. He just kept collecting money for Hitler. She said, but when I was a kid, I didn't learn about God, but I, I learned about Hitler. Didn't learn about God. Someone gave her this book in San Diego. She's super whip. Okay. She's reading it. She's got, I said, okay, Lucia, finish the book. Call me back, let me know what I can help you with. So I'm out traveling, she leaves me another message. Mark, Mark, no more demons, no more Hitler. I'm what? I'm saved now, okay, I'm saved. So I called her back to encourage her. She calls me back, Mark, already doing mission trips into Mexico with my church. The ladies at church, we go down to Mexico. I'm having so much fun for the Lord. All because somebody gave her a book Okay, and it started answering her questions and do that. Uh, Jeff, Jeff Foxworthy, the comedian, I picked up my phone and I was checking my messages. Uh, Mark Cahill, this is Jeff Foxworthy. And I put the phone down, I was like, no it's not. I was like, what is this going on here? But you know, he has a very unique voice and it was actually him. He said, I just read your book, One Heartbeat Away. He said, you've got my wheels spinning, okay? He said, I need 20 copies for my buddies. Here's my number, here's my address, please get a hold of me. Well, he lives in Atlanta, I do too, so I actually drove over and met him one day and brought him some books. What a nice guy, real humble, down to earth, wasn't one of those arrogant celebrities, but he had gotten saved, but now he wants all his comedic buddies to get saved, he wants people around him to get saved, because that's what we do as Christians, right? Our sphere of influence, we reach the people around us and do that, okay? so. Um, Second to last thing uh, for your notes, remember to be a leader, you gotta be a reader. To be a leader, you gotta be a reader. We need to be readers. Pastor and I were just talking about that in his office about what we read and stuff like that. Um, Best ways to read, uh, one, shut your TV off. Well, no, get rid of your TV, that's the best thing. Uh, I haven't had a television in 20 years. I'm fine, I'm doing okay. I've read a bunch of books, I've written six, working on a seventh, I don't need a television. And do that, okay? Um, Second thing, shut your phones off. It just sucks our time and eats our time up, just kills us sometimes, and we should be sitting down reading a book and getting intellectually stronger for the battle that's being waged out here for souls and do that, okay? Every second, two people die, okay? By the time you put your head on your pillow tonight, Another 150,000 people have taken their last breath, walked off in eternity, heaven or hell as we speak. Okay, simple question for you. Florence Baptist, do you care about those two people that just died? Okay, but a much, much, much tougher question. Do you care enough to do something about where those two people are just gonna spend eternity that just died, okay? Watch how simple this is, very simple. Anyone in here glad someone told you about Jesus Christ? Anybody glad? Okay. I am so glad I went to Auburn on a basketball scholarship, chasing my God of basketball, chasing my dream. All of a sudden, four young college students were waiting on me to tell me the truth about God and Jesus Christ. And I stand here today, all these years later, because four people cared about my soul, four people blew the trumpet, even though they probably didn't know that's what it really was, gave me a Bible. I'm 20 years old, living in the deep south, never owned a Bible before. How can that be, how can that be, how can that be? Okay, but they reached in my life and did that, okay? Time is precious. Okay? Use it very, very wisely for the Lord Jesus Christ in the days to come.